All right, recording? Uh, hold on. Yeah, it's recording, but let's just boop, okay, boop. go. Do the studies. Beep about really... boop, boop. So, Mark and I were talking about studies. And um uh, oh yeah, so the dude, they did this study and they found that when you're bench pressing, when a girl sits on your lap, you can actually bench like 35% more. Just when a hot girl sits on your lap. Oh yeah, man. Like when I'm at the gym, when I see a hot girl walk by, it like yeah. increases my my power by 39%. Been Fuck documented. Yeah. Exactly, thirty nine percent. Yeah, dude, there's this uh, this one girl at my gym, and it's funny because like she, you can tell she always wants guys to talk to her, but they never do. So what'll happen is like they'll just like like guys that are doing like random like like leg day or something, they'll suddenly start like doing like curls, and you can tell they're all just like flocking <laughs> to an area to like watch her. You know, it's pretty funny just watching that that dynamic. But um. I don't know, dude. I, n- I never feel like approaching girls when I'm at the gym because I'm like – I get so like laser focused on like like got to fucking crush this iron bitch, you know? Yeah, me too. And I there's – the thing about approaching girls is that there's situations where the odds are stacked in your favor and then there's situations where the odds are stacked heavily, heavily against you. And yeah. I think like hot girl at the nightclub dancing on the bar or on the stage getting all the attention – very yeah. difficult to open her without getting yeah. rejected. Same with girls at, at, at the gym. But oftentimes I, I will like to challenge myself in that way because they're so difficult to open them um, and you're probably going to get rejected. I mean girls at the gym, they get stared at so much. They get yeah. hit on so much that they are like the number one value in the gym above yeah. everything else, a cute girl at the gym. So I, I believe that's why they like to be there too. Um, I go to Gold's Gym and it's like, why would a girl be there? They have all girl gyms, you know. Obviously, yeah. she's, she's there to win. So when a girl is is getting tons of attention, when she's the center of attention, all the odds are stacked against you. But then it kind of makes it fun, doesn't it? Because it's a challenge. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I have done some direct approaches in the gym before. If I'll see, like, sometimes, you know, a girl where I'm like, damn, like, that girl's fucking hot. I just want to go talk to her. Yeah. But a lot of the time, I feel like the best way is to just, like, like if you happen to be doing like an exercise next to her and you happen to like feel like the need to say something or like spontaneously make a comment, like not to, you know what I mean? Like kind of swoop under the radar because yeah. I don't know. But I mean, I don't know when I'm in the gym, like I'm, I just get so like focused in that like goal oriented mode, which is like super intense and just not good for picking up girls, you know, because it's like she probably feels like she's like a fucking, I don't know, like I'm some like military dude doing some vector like precision like fucking assault or something you know where it's like I, you can't do that to pick up a girl you got to be like fun so i, I don't know I, I just went to a five-star nutrition today dude i got some new supplements and i'm um, looking forward to that it's pretty pretty fucking exciting for me yeah i was thinking about it do i hit on girls at the gym not really i mean honestly i don't i can sit here and tell you i do but i don't because like what you were saying i just i'm so focused on my workout and yeah i do workouts where it's like you're literally counting to 60 seconds between sets and you're literally yeah. counting. So, and then like, even if my boys come talk to me, I'll be like, bro, like I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm yeah. like doing 60 seconds before between sets. And it's like, I'm actually working out. You'll see a lot of people at the gym or just kind of floating around, looking at their cell phone, uh. rolling out. And it's like, I'm not yeah. there to hang out, bro. It's like, if I'm going to go hang out, I'll go to the, the bar and I will talk to girls. I'm there to get my workout in like hit it as hard as I can be in like pain, 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 pain. And when it comes, when it comes to lifting, um, you know, a lot of people will just do like sets of 10 and they'll just bust it out. Okay. I'm going to do five sets of 10. 
and it, there's no like pain there. Like what I do is I go to burnout, like five sets of whatever I can fucking do. And a lot of times I'll do ISO holds where you just hold it there, hold it there, hold it there um, until it burns so bad that you literally cannot hold it anymore. Mm. Yeah. And um, I did I did your course. So your, your course, what I do is I do three month increments. And mm -hmm. I did the body of an alpha course, uh, which if you're listening to this, John offers that it's a it's a workout course to get you completely shredded. And it absolutely worked for me. But I also uh, I hate to plug somebody else, but I don't think you really care. But I also do Athlean X. Um, oh, yeah. 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 He's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's his name? I, I know his face. Yeah. I, I can't I don't think of it. Cavalier, Jeff Cavalier, I think yeah, is his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Bro, like that shit's legit. It's really good. Yeah. It's it's like, but your course is on par with that. Like, I definitely um, think that your shit is way the fuck up there, and I think um, you're you're definitely one of the one of the best coaches out there where that's concerned. But it's always good to switch it up, and you know, I did some athlete X stuff, and he's really about uh, just go until burnout. So you do like ISO mm. hold. So you do like a set of eight and then let's say you're doing curls and you just hold it out there 90 degrees and you'll go and you'll burn it'll burn you go as, as long as you fucking can until literally your arms cannot pick it up anymore and they're just falling and i mean that's where you get results dude this like yeah five sets of 10 reps and then you see you guys at the gym doing it and it's like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten they put it down it's like you're not getting they didn't even try like you yeah. didn't get anything from that like literally yeah. you're wasting your time you got uh, fucking burn that muscle yeah and yeah. i like do like so like i think that um i do do like sets to failure sometimes but the thing is i think the problem is that like it's hard to work it into a regular routine because you have to like be really good at feeling it because so so i'll do sets to failure but i don't do them too often because it's so easy to burn out if you do them consistently mm. like you were you texted me like a week ago or yeah. something and you, yeah and you said you felt like burnout i was burned and, out yeah dude and now now i know that's why so like ah. i Initially, I, I do have like some some things that I try to do like maybe once or twice a week to burn out like specific exercises. So like concentration curls for one um, is one thing I'll do to to burn out or like maybe like close close uh, not grip but like uh, push ups where your arms are close together like oh, the yeah. the close like stance push ups. Push -ups. Yeah, yeah like diamond um, triangle push ups. Have or, like, you done whatever. pancake push ups? What are those? Okay, so you put you put like your your palm on the ground, like do it on your desk right now. Put your palm on the yeah. desk and then put your elbow on the desk. Yeah. And then you lift yourself up into a push up push up position from that. Oh. So, dude, it's no, a, I have, it's, that's a, it's a tricep exercise. That interesting. It really no, I really used works. to I used to do a bunch of different kinds of push-ups for uh, when I took kung fu. They would have us do like push-ups on our fingers, like one finger, two finger. Like if you're if you're really advanced, like you could do one finger, but it's fucking hard as shit. Um, we do like five fingers, like like if you're like uh, if you like take your hand and just kind of like make a claw, like you put that on the ground and like push up with that. Yeah. Or like different things like that, but um, dude, yeah, there's there's so many different push-up variations you can do. You so know. Let me ask you, dude. So the the reason why I got because I did I texted you last week and I was like, bro, like. I'm just burnt the fuck out and you're like, yeah, you should take some days off. And I actually, yeah. um, I'm on day five. I'm, I'm taking five days off. I think I'll go back to the gym tomorrow. Maybe I'll take one more, but I burned myself out. Didn't I? I was going too hard in the paint. Probably. Yeah. Just being too much of a fucking pimp. 
Yeah, dude. Just being too much of a boss. And it was funny because I remember the first thing I said, like, as a joke was, like, stop being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, dude. Because <laughs> I feel like that, a lot that, of guys, like, it. their problem isn't overtraining. It's just, like, they're just bitches. But, like, yeah, yeah like, with, with guys that are actually hitting it hard, like you and I, like, overtraining can be a thing. Yeah. Um, I like so what I'll do comment. sometimes is I'll, I'll do, like, a deload period where I don't stop working out, but I'll lift, like, 70% less than I usually do. So I still get in the gym and like get the blood flowing and stuff, but I'm like, it gives my body a chance to actively recover. Yeah. And, and, and like you were saying, man, it's like, um, if you guys need motivation to work out, like watching a little bit of porn before you go to the gym and not masturbating, which let's talk about that next. Let's talk about no fap, um, watching a little bit of porn or seeing a hot girl at the gym or seeing a hot girl the night before at the bar. I swear to God, man, it makes you way stronger. Yeah. Dude, it does. So Mark and I, uh, before this, we're talking about like nofap. And uh, Mark, you said you're how many days are you on right now? I'm on six weeks, but I am getting laid, so nice. that helps. Yeah, Mark. Mark it, has I a girlfriend. I masturbate, so that, but I do it with my girl's pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, Mark has a girlfriend, which helps because like right now I don't have a girlfriend, so nofap is great for guys without a girlfriend because like the only option is to go out and get laid. You can't just like. You know, when you have a girlfriend, you're getting consistent sex. So what I find is that what I'll do is like I'll uh, look at porn. Like so some guys have different philosophies. Some guys are like don't ever look at porn, but you can masturbate once a week. Other guys are like total monk mode and like no porn, no fap, no nothing. Oh, that's what I've been but, doing, man. I didn't know there, yeah. were, there were like like different offshoots. Yeah, dude. Oh, I would have cheated, yeah. cheated a long time ago. Check out the subreddit. They have nofap reddit or whatever subreddit. And yeah. um, it's called monk mode where they do <laughs> that. Like, I've been doing, bro. Like, yeah. It's pretty, monk mode. I, think, I think monk mode is actually no sex. Like, no uh, nothing. Well, I don't I'm know why the that. fuck that would be a good thing, though. Yeah. It's kind of stupid to me. Yeah. Um, Like, literally just being a monk. Like, no sex, no porn, no fap. Like, what the fuck is the point of that? But um, what I like life. doing is, like, I'll, I'll use porn as motivation. So, like... But I never fap, never, ever, ever fap. So like if I'm if I'm like really tired, I was saying that I'll like, you know, I'm like, Ugh, like I don't want to work, like fuck this bullshit. I'll like go to Pornhub real quick and just see some like bomb ass fucking bitch sucking some guy's dick and I'm just like, damn, like that's why I'm in this fucking shit. Let's go, let's make some money, you know? Or like if, I, if I'm like lacking and slacking, I find that watching porn like kind of like gets that libido going and wakes me up a little bit. So I'll use it strategically, but like I don't recommend that to a lot of guys just because like they can't handle that and they can't walk on that like fine edge of being able to walk it and not jerk off, you know? Dude, how much porn do you think most dudes watch? Because isn't 75% of the internet porn, like do they do it every day? Dude, I think most guys probably do it at least like probably at least every other day, more often like every day, probably. Damn, and they watch yeah. they watch porn every day. Yeah. And doesn't like it just day. burn out your dopamine receptors? It I does. saw some documentary yeah. on it. Yeah, so so dopamine is so fucking important, dude, because like basically it's the number one neurotransmitter responsible for motivation. So like when you look at why most guys are just not motivated to succeed or like anything like that. It explains a lot because like when you jerk off constantly, you uh, you dull your dopamine receptors. So they just like – they like the, the, the dopamine hit you would get from going to the gym or from like accomplishing something doesn't feel as big of a deal as it, as it would if you weren't fapping. So they're basically numbing their dopamine receptors, dude. It's like really bad for you psychologically. Like it's there's like, been so many studies. It's like methamphetamine, man. It's the same – it's yeah. the same thing. So when they're, when they're beaten off – and you kind of like skew 
your perception of what a woman should look like and what the majority of women do look like. And it becomes harder to get into girls that you meet at the bar in the club because they're not hot enough. Yeah, totally. And what's funny too is like even the girls you're seeing in porn, like they're not that hot in real life. Like people don't realize that's like every fucking little thing that's like put in the porn producer's advantage, like the camera angles, the camera lighting, Uh. like they have fucking like hair extension, like all this different shit is put into it to make it like hyper real. And guys don't realize like even porn stars aren't that hot, but what I find is like I have so much better sex, dude, when I don't watch porn because I, I, you know, when I don't watch porn like and, and fap, I'll just like be more attracted to like hot girls in real life because it's like fuck, like this girl's so hot, you know? Yeah. Um. So I, I find was, it's like a great motivator. I was telling John that uh, this weekend I um <laughs> I absolutely destroyed my girlfriend because like I said I haven't been I haven't been masturbating for six weeks and um. I just like we hadn't seen each other for like two weeks and I would like I put on a bunch of um, hardcore and like speed metal. You know, it's like uh, some nights you want to like make love and other nights you just want to fuck. Just want to fuck. Oh, we we, we I def- she looked like she got hit with the tornado. And what's interesting <laughs> is that um, I was able to go like a lot longer than I usually do. And it's interesting because I haven't been masturbating. You think if you'd be masturbating and you've been coming a lot then you could last longer but in a weird way since john what you were saying before we pressed record you said that like when you masturbate you're actually going for the goal of coming so you like train yourself to come faster but when you don't do it it was weird it was like it was like locked behind like five chambers or something and yeah chamber one open chamber two open whereas before it'd just be like chamber one open go and yeah dude, yeah like afterwards well, she's just laying there looking like she just got like hit with a tornado uh very very yeah. satisfied so the no fapping it gives you so this is what this is what i've been doing is i haven't been watching porn at all haven't been masturbating and the reason i did it is because i read an article from john and you know i'm always down to try something but the advantages have really been apparent man i've had a lot more energy um, a lot more drive. I feel like my testosterone is up. My 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 weightlifting sessions have been better. I've been more efficient at work. I've been sleeping better in a weird, ironic way. I would think it would have the opposite effect. I did have a couple nights where I kept having sex dreams. Fortunately, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't spooge all in my bed. Uh, fortunately, but I think there there's like a a period where it's really, really, really difficult, and then you settle into like this this like state of peace and you're actually using it to give yourself energy it becomes like a little battery pack that you like can thrive off of it's a little yeah. bit like fasting in my experience i've done a um don't know if i told you this but i did a 28 day fast once damn yeah bro seriously it was gnarly well the way Ooh. it worked is the first week was three quote unquote meals a day but let me let me get real specific here a meal was a tiny fucking little salad so the second you ate it you were hungry again so i was hungry for 28 days then the second week was two third week was one and then the last week was nothing at all but water and dude i i lost so much like i was like a skeleton It, it was back in the day when i thought you know fasting was healthy and i don't do that anymore now i do intermittent fasting i i'll wait like 12 to 16 hours before between meals anyway back to what i was saying it's a little bit like fasting because the first three days is really difficult really really difficult and you can stretch that out and apply it to fapping the first 10 days is really hard then once you like settle into it 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 becomes 
you can deal with it and you can actually transfer that energy into other things. And wow, I was really surprised with the results. Now, yeah. initially, I really didn't bait that much because kind of intrinsically, I always kind of knew this and I kind of knew that like shooting your load in a way your load is like your power bank. It's like yeah. your, your, I don't know, it's like a battery power or like testosterone is your load itself. So when you shoot it out into like a paper towel, it's gone and you lose it and then you're like unmotivated. So I kind of knew that intrinsically. I actually didn't masturbate that much to begin with. Plus, you know, I was getting laid all the time, so you don't really have to. But when I did this six-week stretch and I'm still on it, um, man, I really noticed that energy just climb, climb, climb. And just results and everything really, really took off. And there's something about controlling yourself in that way. You guys know I'm all about discipline. I'm all about, you know, self-development. And so is John. But the ability to not bitch out is is such a respectful thing. How many guys, think about this, how many guys masturbate and then post on Facebook, hey guys, I just masturbated. Nobody. Because <laughs> masturbating isn't something you can be proud of. It's yeah. a shameful act. Right? Nobody says, "Hey, mate, I just masturbated and and check out this check out this video I just watched." No, nobody says that because it's fucking shameful. So yeah, when but when you, when you fuck a girl though, like, what's the first thing you tell your friends? Like, yeah. when you fuck a hot girl, it's like, guys, I, I just I smashed. Got, like, yeah, yeah, I I just smashed a girl. You know, so um, you can tell those things that are shameful, like doing drugs, getting drunk. Like, not a lot of people will post like, "Dude, I just did meth. I just did heroin. I just <laughs> masturbated. I just fucking robbed somebody. I just did this." Some scumbags will post that. But it, if you look at life as those things that are weak and, and things that you're ashamed of, don't do them because it, yeah. it just weakens you. So anyway, with the fapping, uh, been, been pretty good so far. I haven't looked at porn. I haven't done anything. It's been really good. There's been some times where I was like, man, I just, you know, just want to rub one out real quick. But, you know, I control myself and um, I, I really am down with it, dude. I appreciate you yeah. introducing me to that. I had no idea it even existed. Yeah, thank you, man. I mean, I, f I found it on uh, on Reddit like a long time ago. Um, I don't know how the fuck I got into it, but I feel like when I fat, when I don't fap, like all that that like energy, it starts off for like the first couple weeks where I'm like really horny and I just can't like get it off my mind. Yeah. And like you know, I get like even the slightest like bit of attention from a girl, and I'm like, damn, she wants the dick, and I'm just like super <laughs> fucking horny. But um, what I feel like is eventually you learn to like control your desire and in the process of learning to like control your desire, women aren't your number one priority and they become more attracted to you. Mm -hmm. Cause like now it's like, I have no problem just like, you know, if a girl wants to hang out and I'm like doing something for work, I'm like, yeah, like we can hang out another day or something. I just, I put work first. Cause like in the process of training myself to like not want to fap all the time and not want like not not being so dependent on it for that dopamine hit or like mm -hmm. being so dependent on sex for that dopamine hit um i like i like can see more things more clearly you know mm -hmm. um and on the topic of fasting too i think that's interesting you brought that up because like today i actually uh when i bought some supplements like they have this thing that measures your uh your body fat and stuff and i'm 7.9 percent body fat Damn. and yeah so like i was just thinking about fasting when you said that and i was like so here, here's my thoughts on fasting so i think that it can in i think that intermittent fasting can be is definitely really good and can be really good for certain people um in terms of long-term fasting though like you want to be careful with long-term fasting because for some people, depending on your goal, it can work. But like for me and for guys that are like hard gainers that have to eat a ton of calories, like I have to eat 3,000 calories a day to like 
uh, you know, just gain weight. My, my BMR, which is basically how much I uh, burn just not doing anything, is like 1,900 calories a day. Wow. So I literally need to eat that just to sustain my current level of, of muscle. So uh, for myself, the max I would do is maybe like a two-day fast or like a three-day fast just for the health benefits because it is good for detoxing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I think that um, it, it's so much of it depends on your goal. Which is why, like, it's so hard to write. Like, when I was writing Body Even Alpha, I was like, I was trying to write it so that anyone could like read it and figure out what they need to do. Um, because so many books are like marketed towards just one fucking thing, and it doesn't like help anyone else, you know. But um, yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like so much of health, like that's the way it's going, is like the direction of of like becoming more personalized. Because you can't you can't give someone like catch all advice, you know, I mean, mm. unless it's like the most vague shit, like count your calories and eat healthy food. Duh, duh, duh. Like, you know, you, you, you need to like work with someone and like who knows their shit and like real or, you know, learn shit for yourself and just like personalize everything. Cause like we all have different bodies and different biology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But body and alpha would sure work for me, man. Thank you. Yeah. I tried to make it that way. I mean, the whole routine was like, it's, it's the routine that I still use to this day. Um, and then the diet, the diet section was the hardest to write because like I was like, okay, like I need to address like hard gainers. I need to address people trying to lose weight. I need to touch upon like all the different diets that there are and like ketogenic diets and carb cycling. So I think I did a pretty good job. But like, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. it was a bitch to write, man. It was hard to write from yeah, so many different and, angles. And I'm surprised more people don't buy it. I know it sells well, but it's like every – if you're listening to this fucking podcast and you haven't bought that yet, honestly, as your friend – you need to fucking buy that thing because it shows you how to get the body that women prefer. I mean, even yeah. just knowing the kind of body that women prefer. Have you ever guys looked have you guys ever looked this up? We all think that the super fucking jack dude who's like mega ripped and he has gills, you know, going through his whole body <laughs> is the guy that women want, but they actually they actually just want um what I was what I was think of is like the the statue of my, of David excuse me, the statue yeah. of David. It's a real, it's a real balanced look. It's like shoulder to hip ratio is correct. And, um, you can get that pretty fast. And like I tell John, uh, what's it been now, John? Cause I text you every time it happens. I think it's been three weeks in a row now that girls have either asked to see my abs or have tried yeah, to yeah. literally tried to take off my shirt from behind. Yeah. And, um, usually it's funny. Usually it's slightly older older girls uh last week it was younger ones but usually it's like chicks who are in like their 30s or 40s which is funny oh total total cougars who are just way too old for me which is funny because i'm 41 but like to me (laughs) girls my age are like old haggardly women you know what i mean and so i think these chicks that were doing it to me the other day um were were more my age but it, it feels great, you guys, when a girl comes up to you and she just wants to touch your arms or she wants to like see your six pack because you can tell underneath the shirt, you know, what's going on there. And I'm not necessarily huge, but I'm definitely ripped. I don't know if I'm seven percent body fat like you are, John, but I'm definitely I'm I mean, dude, I have a six pack now, so that's under ten percent, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So um and girls like it, man. You know, we've said before, looks don't necessarily matter if you have game. But if you have looks and game, which which John and I are lucky enough to have, and not even our faces, like I don't even think my face is that good. It it's like the body, it's the balance, it's the way, yeah, it's the way your body is, and game on top of that, it, it's over. Yeah, dude, I 
I got some fucking retard posting some comment on one of my articles, and he's like, so you say the looks don't matter, but then you try to get jacked. What the fuck, John? And I'm just like, dude, like, okay, Jesus Christ, looks don't matter, like, if you have killer fucking game. Yeah. And in, in the same sense, game doesn't really matter if you look like fucking Brad Pitt. Ah. But like Jesus Christ, like why not have both? Yeah, I think <laughs> like, I think what? I think like like being good looking like Brad Pitt will buy you thirty seconds. But if you're not fun, if you're not confident, if you don't know how to talk to girls, she's gonna walk away. I mean, yeah. I have students that I have students that come work with me that are oh my like male models, literally male models who can't get laid because they're monotone because they're boring, because they don't yeah. know how to speak to women. So I would choose game if like I, you know, if oh, before yeah, I came into game. this world, God's like, you could either have mad game or you could be super good looking. <laughs> I would choose game every single time. You know yeah. what game is, guys? It's being fun. Girls want to have fun. They, it, you know, as the stupid song goes, um, if you can be fun. Girls just want to have fun. There you go. It's, it's so true. Mm-hmm. If you could be the fun mm-hmm. guy, it doesn't matter what you look like. They'll have sex with you. But like in my case, if you can have the fun guy, if you're the fun guy and you're ripped, oh my yeah. god. It's easy as fuck, dude. Because like like you said, like being good looking and being ripped, that like gives you a much better uh, like hook, you know? Yeah. So like because when you walk up, like I mean what, did, what does she have to go off of? Like it's your fucking appearance, you know? Mm-hmm. Anytime you walk up. And two, like also if, if you don't have game, like why aren't you focusing on your appearance? Like fuck. I mean I um, – like I said, I don't really uh, get, like hit on girls at the gym. But dude, I started doing this thing where after I work out, I'll like, I, I work out in this gym where there's like a little like uh, shopping complex around it where they have like healthy food stores and like stuff like that. Mm. And there's always like hot girls hanging out and like if it's nice out, they're like tanning and shit because there's like a field, like a little like uh, like k- kind of public field where people do like yoga and stuff there. And um, I started just like walking around after I hit the gym and I'm like, you know, pumped up and I've had my post-workout shake and stuff and just girls everywhere like looking at me and I can literally walk up to any one of them and just like, even if I'm not like in a good mood, even, you know, which I mean, I just worked out, so I'm probably in a good mood, but like, even if my game wasn't good, it's like, dude, like you already have such a good in, like the, the way I say it is like, if, um, it's like, if, if you, if you look like Brad Pitt, then your game needs to be like, you know, okay, so if, if you if you look like shit, your game needs to be a 10 to pull a 10. Mm-hmm. But if you if you look like really good and you're like shredded, your game maybe needs to be like a 6 or a 7 to pull mm-hmm. a 10, if that makes sense. Like it's yeah. not a perfect analogy, but it's like the more that you have going in your favor, like fuck dude, like why, why wouldn't you want both? Like yeah, yes, looks don't matter if you have the same game that like fucking, you know, a master PUA of like 10 years fucking has. But like books certainly don't hurt, you know, it's like I've just always been about stacking everything in your favor to the point of it's like an obsession, you know, why wouldn't you? It's like the reason why the American military is the most successful, especially the tier one like spec ops guys are so successful is because they stack everything in their favor. They have Mm. night vision. They go at 4 a.m. They know where, you know, they know where they are. And you get like SEAL Team 6, you know, dropping in to get a high value target they stack everything in their favor. Yes, mm. sometimes it's fun to actually I'll do this on purpose. I'll stack things against myself um just to see if I can kind of like game my way out of it. Yeah. But you guys as beginners, you know, you guys who want to get laid more who are listening to this podcast, you should certainly stack all the chips in your favor and that's getting getting a great body or even a better body than you have now. Maybe you're not doing it because you're seriously obese and you don't feel like you could ever get there to like six pack level 
But even if you just lose a little bit of weight while working on your game, you know, those are those are going to work off each other and and give you advantages that you wouldn't have if you just gave up and didn't do anything. And yeah. another thing I wanted to say is, John, how many times have you left the gym and said to yourself, boy, I sure regret doing that? Never. Even if I'm on three hours of sleep, never. like, and, and go, like, never. Like, you're never going to regret something that you should do, you know? Yeah. Even, like, approaching a girl. Like, I've never been like, oh, damn it, I, I wish I didn't approach that girl. Like, it's like, no, like, even if you fail, fuck. Like, you, you did it, you know? Yeah, I have. I approached the girl the other day, and um, she she rejected me pretty bad by like doing the the um, the hand across the throat thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, no. Like, get away from me. She probably had a boyfriend or something like that. But also, if you guys think that John and I don't re- get rejected, we certainly do. <laughs> We've been rejected yeah. way more than you do, and we get rejected every time we go out. Yeah. Um, it's just part of it's just numbers game. It's just gonna happen. Process. And so when she did that, I was I don't know, like lately I've been kind of wanting to get rejected just so I can see how much social pressure I can endure. Because mm. what happens is when a girl rejects you and you get that like icky feeling in your body, what that is is it's social pressure. And you need to sit there with it and accept it and see how much you can endure. And in my opinion, it's good because the more you get, it's just like training a muscle. The more you get, the more resistance, the more pain you get, the better you get at dealing with it. So I like it when girls are really mean to me or they really reject me or make me feel like, get out of here, loser, or something like that. It's like, all right, dude, I can take that. I just took it and it makes you so much stronger. And like so many guys are terrified. You know, our last episode, our last podcast was how to deal with rejection. So many guys are terrified of being rejected, but to me, it's a good thing because it makes you stronger. It's just like working on a muscle. Dude, I, I didn't realize I didn't put my uh, my sound bouncing thing board up. Here we go. Boom, sound fixed. Damn, that sounds a lot better. Doesn't it? Now it's Shit. like, now you can actually hear me. No more echo. Yeah. <laughs> Do, you get Do your I have sound? an echo, by the way? No, I have my, dude, your my sounds phone good. Did you get your awesome. soundboard in? Yeah, I put a bunch of I got a bunch of like foam uh like egg crate looking things, yeah. like two by four feet, and I just yeah. like posted them up everywhere around my room. So yeah, I just stick one in better. front of me and um yeah. it's it seems to work. It seems to improve it. By the way, everybody, I've been looking, looking, looking for a goddamn intro song for our podcast. Oh yeah. And if you ever want to check out the intro song that I want, check out the song by Architects. It's called Downfall. I think it's or yeah. Doomsday. Down, Downfall, right? so sick i'm writing them um i'm writing them to try to get them to let us use that intro song like after he sings his little intro and that guitar that guitar oh my fucking god bro if that could be our intro song that would be amazing but <laughs> is that it yeah. can you hear it i don't know if it's yeah, playing. yeah listen to this right here Like that right there. Come on. It's fucking sick. Like, welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. Welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. That would be, we're probably going to get fucking taken off YouTube just because you played that little quick clip right there. They can go fuck themselves. It's I only want 30 that seconds. Song so bad. I'm going to write like MGM or whoever is the producer of that song and try yeah. to get us. Because I guess you can do that. And I researched a bunch about it. How can you use a song in your podcast? But you actually have to get permission from the uh, record label to use it. So yeah. I'm trying to get that. And I'm, I've been looking for like, um, uh, like, you know, those ones you can buy from like SoundCloud and stuff. But they're so cheesy sounding. Yeah. 
So if we get one, Some we're gonna get a legit one. One thing yeah. I wanted to say too is um about masturbating. When you when you come after you masturbate, your testosterone actually goes down. But mm. when you come, when you have sex with a girl, your testosterone goes up. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, dude. Your your body knows the difference, man. Like there's there's like pheromones and like different shit going on. Like your body's not retarded, you know. It knows like, oh, like you're just you mother, you're wasting my fucking seed again. Fuck you, I'm not gonna come as much. Like, but then when you're with a hot girl, it's like, pff, like buckets, you know. Your body knows. Your body fucking knows. Dude, I, I shot. This song. I, I, um, I, I, I might get in trouble for saying this because it's a little yeah. personal. But um, when I shot my load the other night after just destroying my girlfriend, you know, like sometimes you'll come in her hair. Yeah. From behind, like if you're getting her yeah, dog excited, you shoot you pull, like a fucking mega load. Yeah, you shoot a mega load <laughs> on her back, it'll get in her hair. So I always put my hand there to like protect. Bro, I was like getting hit with a paintball gun, dude. <laughs> I was like, Get a blister. <laughs> I was like, my hand, dude, it's broken. You know, do you know what it is to Superman a hoe? Yeah. When you, you smack the fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you come on her back and then you smack a, she- you smack a sheet on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's dude, Superman. There's this, there's a book, uh, I can see the cover, it's called Sperm Wars. And they actually said in that book that uh, your body, like it, it knows specifically uh, when, like the last time you slept with the girl is, and if it's been more than like three or four days, because there's a chance she could have slept with another guy, it'll like double the sperm production for that specific girl. Like that's how like how in tune your body is with the girls you're sleeping with. It knows from like pheromones and like whatever the fuck else. Like, okay, like I haven't slept with this girl in like three days. Like some other guy might have fucking put some sperm in her. Let's like up the sperm fucking production and like beat that other guy's sperm out. Like that. That's how in touch your body is. Like when you're sleeping with a girl, you know. So when guys like, oh, like it's the same thing, man. You're just coming. Like, no, it's not the same thing, dude. It's not the same fucking thing. You know, it's not the same thing. Like just, just fucking from your own experience. Like when you come, you're like, oh, like it's a little bit of a low. But then when you have sex with like Megan Fox or something, it's like so much more, you know. (laughs) Yeah. When's the last time you got laid, dude? Me? Yeah. Last night. My man. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really? Yeah. Was she a new? Was she a new Betty or was this an old one? This one, uh, I've hung out with one other time before. I got, got to get the, uh, the rotation going, you know? How many you got in your pipeline? Uh, probably three or four solid ones. And then, like, I, I got a few others that, like, come and go sometimes. And, like, I'm working – you know, I'm always working on one or two that I'm, that I'm keeping, you know, trying to get, uh, get into the rotation. Yeah, but, it's a um, constantly rotating pipeline. And the more you have in in the yeah. pipeline, the more you don't give a shit and then the more you get. So, yeah, it, dude, definitely. but I found like texting with more than three girls at once is just exhausting. Like to just manage yeah. more than three is dude, just it, you, too much. You know, uh, you know, RSD Jeffy, right? Yeah. You know, he uh, he has a fucking Excel sheet that he uses to keep track of all the girls. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> He's used like to 40 that. or 50 girls. Yeah. I used to so do, I girl, used to um, – I used to have just a note section like in uh, Evernote. Yeah. Do you use Evernote? Mm. I don't know. I've, I've heard it recommended though a few times. Way like legit. I used to do that because you meet so many girls. It's like, okay, uh, supermarket yeah. girl, eight, Burnett, likes hockey. Like your your contact section is so full of notes. It's easier yeah. just to keep. I like that Excel sheet idea. That's a really good idea. <laughs> you could say sex with her was a seven. But sex with this other chick was a nine, so I'll invite her over. 
Yeah, you know? but then this other girl was an eight, and then she was a seven. So uh, how do you choose choices? <laughs> you got to make an algorithm and just, just <laughs> mainline it, main, fucking uh, automate it. We should come out with a product where it does that for you, dude. Yes, manage, masculine manage development your spreadsheet. <laughs> manage your chicks. Uh, my friend, I wanted, to, I wanted to say this joke real quick. He's like, dude, he's like one time. I was driving home from work and he's like, I was so fucking horny, but I was also so fucking tired. He's like, I had to masturbate, but I also wanted to sleep. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to masturbate real quick and then go to sleep. So he's like, so I'm masturbating and then I come and it goes, and then I fall asleep and I go, and then it keeps coming. (laughs) What? I don't understand. He came while he was asleep? No, like the first shot goes, it goes. And then he oh, snores. Then he immediately falls asleep. And then it continues. Uh, dude, I don't, oh I don't God, have the, so I, I don't have the luxury of, of being able to fall asleep because I always use condoms since I'm not like in a relationship. Yeah. So she might be fucking someone else. So I can never. I always have to like you know go throw away the condom and then fucking do my shit. Do you pull out too? You should probably uh, pull out, bro. Uh, Even if you have a condom I, on, you should pull dude, out. I don't. I don't. I've never broken a condom. I don't. I, I don't think people know how to use condoms. Dude, like you're not, not supposed to it, slap man. it on. You have to you have to fucking like pinch the tip, the reservoir, and like put it on. You roll it on. Yeah, How I've never broken it? a condom. I don't think. Dude, Maybe but what if it what up. if it happened? Like, man, <laughs> when I was sleeping with girls, um, I would wear a condom and I'd pull out. Yeah. Just take the condom off, throw it on the wall, throw it on the ceiling, and then come on her back, <laughs> or her stomach. <laughs> I, I used sticky. to uh, I used to do that, but I don't know. I just stopped because I'm like, eh. Bro, like you know, you I have, know, you know what I've been telling you, man. You're at yeah. the tippity top right now, right? I'm on the way for sure. You're doing really well in your life. That's yeah. what's gonna come and fuck you up. Yeah, dude, I I have been concerned about that because I'm like, what if a girl tries to trap me with pregnancy? Yep. I've had so it I happen, dude. Have, I have, yeah, dude, yeah. I have I have a spare plan B just sitting around in my fucking house somewhere. What's your plan that, B? Uh, an uh, uh, an axe. I, what? No, like a fucking uh, the uh, what's it called? The pill, Plan B. Oh, yeah, yeah like <laughs> it's an axe. I'm just gonna chop their fucking belly open, <laughs> bitch. You're not gonna take my fucking money. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can fucking, you know. And if they don't want to take it, I'll wait until they fall asleep and just plop it under the tongue or something. That <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with my friend and uh, on this camping trip, and he was telling me that his his girlfriend, uh, like doesn't give him sex as much as he wants. Oh, and I was God. like, I wanted to so badly to plug like my fucking blog, but I like didn't because I was like, you know, people oftentimes like just don't want to. They're not if they're not ready for it, they can't like accept it. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, you just buy some some supplement, like, dude, if if you like, fucking get your girl like get buy her some like sex drive supplement, man. You know? Yeah. Like fucking fucking alpha. I don't know. Just be yeah, more alpha. Yeah. Do that. That's the fucking number one. Or get a different girlfriend. Like, fuck. She should dude, be – I've been with my girl for years and like she yeah. loves it, dude. She's always trying to get it because That's just saying, dude. masculine energy, man. You're just alpha. She knows that you're the fucking man so she always like, wants to get it. Yeah, like the second – I feel like the second that, that – I, I didn't say this to him because I, I didn't want to sound like an asshole. But like you know, the second that she fucking knows you're too afraid to leave and you can't get another girl, it's over, dude. Yeah. Like, unless she's, like, a really, really good girlfriend and, like, you know, you're, like, 70 and she's, like, been with you for a while and she's, yeah. like, fucking, you know, whatever, a lot younger or whatever. But, yeah, dude, like, you just, I don't know. A lot of guys. I like so much. It's, like, I've never gotten into a relationship unless I wanted to, you know? Well, a lot of guys ask me, okay, so you have a girlfriend but you teach guys how to pick up girls. How, how does that work? Um my girlfriend knows obviously that I do that 
And I think she kind of likes it that I choose her when I could get all these other girls. I mean, that's how ridiculously secure she is in herself because she's a beautiful girl with tons of value to offer. So she's not, she's not worried about me. I mean, she kind of is, you know, she tells me what I can and can't do. Obviously I can't kiss girls. I can't number clothes. Um, so what I do is I approach, get them attracted to me and I get them begging me for my number and I just tell them no. And I mean, that's beyond a number close because I'm not even asking them for their number. They're asking me for it. So when when you get a girl that's high value, um, she who's so secure with herself that she doesn't even care if you hit on other girls, uh, that's a keeper right there, man. I mean, and they're out there. There's really high quality yeah. girls out there. Why would I choose to be with this one girl when I could easily, I'm saying like <laughs> easily, retardedly easily just get laid every night if I wanted to? Because sex with her is like holy fucking shit. It's like the the earth shifts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like hanging out with her, it's actually fun. And I actually want her to come over and, and the cuddling and all that shit. So while sometimes I'm a little bit jealous of your situation, John, um, overall, you know, I think a lot of guys, they get into this game because they do want to meet that girl. You know, having sex with lots of girls is fun. And I definitely envy your situation in some ways. But I think you probably envy mine in some ways too because meeting your soulmate or a soulmate yeah. is like – there's nothing like it. So it's a little bit of you know it, you can't really have your cake and eat it too. I mean you can. I, I personally don't feel morally okay with that. But um, you know while you're learning to get that amazing girl, you can get laid a tons of times like John is and it's still pretty fun. So the whole process you know, is a, is a great fucking time. Yeah, and you have to go through one to get the other too. Like, you do. I feel like there definitely is a lot of good stuff about a relationship, you know. Like, um, just and and like I don't know, like guys get trapped in relationships that are, uh, like, of course, just horrible, toxic relationships. But like, having a girl around that like supports you in your mission is so fucking nice, you know. Like back when I was in a relationship before, it was like I'd come home from the gym and she'd always have like something like some meal cooked up for me already, and it's just like. It's like when you when she can like support you on your mission, that makes you a better man, and then that means you, you can be a better boyfriend, and it's like just this upward spiral, you know. Yeah. So, um, being able to find a girl, dude, like you have to build that that skill set of game, you know. I mean, if I never discovered game, like fuck, holy shit, I have no clue what my life would even look like. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I, I think think about it. And the and she's gonna like your friend, right, on the camping trip. You're absolutely right. Part of the reason she doesn't want to have sex with him is because he doesn't get other girls. Like yeah. he's not attractive to other girls. And I'm not trying to rip on your boy. Maybe he is. But when you're insatiably attracted to other girls and she knows it, like my girlfriend knows it, yeah. it turns her on like a fuck yeah. ton. Because like she when knows she sees you, like another guy, a girl looking at you as you're oh, walking yeah. by, she's thinking like, damn, like, you know, I've got, she's, she's got to keep you, you know? Or, or just when I talk to other girls and she can see, like she, girls know when other girls are attracted. Yeah. And she can see. <laughs> she gives you that look. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, another one. You know what I mean? And it's not yeah. again, you guys. It's not because I'm I'm ripped or because my face is good looking. It's because of my tone. It's because of the way I talk to them. Tone of voice is so fucking important. It's probably the second most important thing. Well, we say a lot of things that are important, like frame control. <laughs> being the number reactive. one most important. This thing. is the number one most important. Everything. <laughs> but but tonality, I'd say it's in the it's in the top five. And um, a lot of my students that I work with, they're just really, they're just really uh, mundane and they're really monotone. And when you speak to a woman, listen to how your voice inflects, right? If you're talking to a police officer, 
versus how, if you're talking to an 11 year old girl, think about the difference between those two. You want to come off like you're talking to an 11 year old girl and you want to have, you know, ups and downs like uh, crescendos and decrescendos in your voice. You want to have your voice, the voice of authority and the voice of I don't give a fuck. There's lots that's communicated in your tone of voice. So when I'm with my girlfriend and I just speak to the waitress or something, she's always like, oh, that waitress is attracted to you. And I'm like, obviously, like, is there a mustache in Mexico? Obviously, she's attracted to me. So um, but listen to that, guys, like listen to the way John talks, like his voice is very on point when it comes to attracting women. And I think as men, game recognizes game. I can tell within seconds of talking to a dude, okay, this is your issue. I'm actually going to have a coaching call tonight and we're going to work on tonality because the dude I'm working with is awesome. He's ripped. He has a six pack. He's got all these great things going for him, but he's a little bit monotone. So we're going to work on that, get more you know, inflection in the voice because um, tonality is super important. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, and I mean, I don't know. There's like different approaches because like, you know, obviously there's the – the outer game approach and the inner game approach. And I think that anyone who tries to separate the two, just like, don't listen to them, man. Like, being able to learn the outer game techniques like tonality and, you know, fucking, uh, I don't know, like different pickup lines and approaches and, and stuff like that is super important. And it's also important to learn the inner game, like developing true confidence and fucking, you know, being on your purpose in life as a man. Like, never, people always have this, like, either or approach but it's never been like that for me i've always just been like how can i get everything as awesome as i want you know Mm -hmm. like how can i have like fucking you know twenty thousand dollars a month passive income and be jacked as fuck and have a lot of girls that i'm sleeping with and just like like why don't i want everything you know like you can have everything you just have to like put in a little work and get it it's that simple you ever watch the show suits I've seen it a few times, yeah. The guy, his name is Harvey something. He's like the the, the main dude. He's like, mm-hmm. most people live here. He's like, I want to live up here. And yeah. it occurred to me, I was like, yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. And I'm wondering why don't people, why doesn't everybody want to do that? And the reason is fear. They're afraid of leaving their comfort zone. They're okay to live down here. They're okay with you know the same old job getting that girl that that chose them rather than the girl that they chose uh you know the girl from the social circle that's like a seven but she's sweet and she gives good head so i'm going to keep her in the bucket and i'm going to marry this chick and be relegated to that fat pussy for the rest of my life (laughs) whereas like john for example he wants to live fucking up here up here and he's willing to go high-rise apartment bitch high-rise apartment lamborghini uh you know passive income and there's a lot of risk there's a lot of risk with doing that not only the haters that you get, you know, on your blog and on the YouTube comments, which are going to increase and increase and increase, mm-hmm. which by the way, haters, they're just low vibrating people. They're just people who are just don't even get it. Uh, they're on a different vibrational level. So it's like they're not even in that reality. So who gives a fuck yeah. what they say? But yeah. he's going to get hated on. He's going to get even hated on by possibly his family members, his friends. People oh, dude, who, it's already happened, man. Sorry, yeah. like all, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. People, people are just like they. Anytime you present someone with like, so th- this is a really interesting point, Mark, because like, I was um like, I, have you ever noticed that guys like Dan Bilzerian, for example, that are like guys that have like crazy Instagram accounts with like fucking crazy money, crazy bitches, like everything. They never get any hate, but the second that you try to teach someone to get that, that's when you get the fucking hate. Have you ever noticed that? Dan Bilzerian doesn't get hate. Doesn't he get hated no, on a lot? I mean, maybe a little bit, but very little. Yeah. And I, I think I think the reason why is because like 
when you just show somebody you have something, everyone's like, oh, that's cool. Like, nice. That's fucking awesome. I wish yeah. I had it. But when the second you say, you can have this too if you just do this stuff, that's when people get fucking mad because then they know they can either do one of two things. They can either basically, you know, do what you're saying and get that shit too or they – but that would have to cause them to like break their reality and acknowledge that they've been living a lie and they just can't do that. So they take the second option, which is, oh, you're fucking lying. You're stupid. That's bullshit. You're a scammer, whatever. And it's people people like – and anytime you try to teach them that they can have that shit too, they don't like that. Like a lot of people just get mad and can't handle it, you know? You know, and, and those low vibrating people, what's interesting is I saw this um, this interview the other day and it's this guy named Brian – Brian something, Dr. Brian something. But he was talking about how – your meta programs, those the software that's in your mind that runs how you think and runs how you behave is programmed within your life within the first seven years. And 95% of your actions, your thinking, your attitudes, and even your hatred that is thrown out to guys like John is a result of that meta program, which was installed in you by your parents, by your neighborhood, by society at large, right? So a lot of the things that people do they don't even know they're doing it. A lot of the yeah. hatred that they throw out just goes so far against these these programmed meta programs that are in their head that they're like unconsciously throwing it out there. 95% of your thoughts are subconscious and 95% are repetitive, happening every day, happening every day. How do you break that? The way you break that is by getting coaching and, and consciously mm. going into that and actually changing those meta programs. Now in my case, I've had a lot of issues with anxiety through my life and it runs in my family and it's not necessarily genetic, but because it runs in my family, I was programmed with those meta programs from the ages of zero to seven. My mom is a very anxious person. She's wonderful. She's like the most beautiful woman in the world as far as like just being compassionate and sweet. But she's a very anxious person. She's always worried. I can never tell her this is what's really going on, mom, because she'll, she won't even sleep at night. So every time I talk to her, I'm like, mom, things are fantastic, which they, they are. They're really good right now and, and throughout my whole life, I've been very blessed. But what I've done to rewrite some of those meta programs is to work with a coach. And what we do is we consciously go in and say, okay, Mark, you have an issue with anxiety. What's going on here? And we actually switch and we actually reprogram those programs that are in my mind to have you know a, a program that I choose, that I want to choose. So you get mm. a lot of people who are overweight, can't lift weights, um, you know, can't get in shape, can't make money. It's because they're being held back by these programs that are in their mind. And literally the only way, you can listen to podcasts after podcasts after podcasts. You can get motivated. You can listen to YouTube videos and do all this stuff, read all these books. But really the fundamental way is you have to change your programming. And once you change your programming, you can actually change the outward result of what's happening in your life. And today, my anxiety is pretty much zero. So so little, in fact, that the next time I get on my, my call with my coach, I'm going to be like, hey, is it okay that I'm like, <laughs> like seriously zero stress or anxiety? Like have we gone too far <laughs> in this direction? Because I think maybe we have – because you do want to have a little bit of away from uh, it's away from mentality, like mm. um, towards mentality, away from mentality. We spoke about in our last podcast. But what's interesting to me is that so many people want to improve their lives, but they don't. And they don't understand why they keep self-sabotaging themselves. They keep preventing themselves. It's like a every time they try to lose weight, it's it feels like this gigantic mountain of work to just go to the gym. 
and then they make an excuse and then they put it off, put it off, and then it's 10 p.m. and they're like, oh, it's too late. I'll just do it tomorrow. Or, you know, the Reese's Buttercup that's waiting for me in the cupboard, it won't be that bad. I'm just going to eat it. It's because they have meta programs that have been programmed into their mind since they were a baby that keep them in that pattern. And yeah. really the only way to break out of that pattern is to literally reprogram your mind. I'm not going to yeah. do that big of a plug on it, but I do do this kind of coaching where I help my students reprogram their mind. You can go to marksingcoaching.com to check that out if you're interested. But um, that's really an interesting point that I've been thinking about over the last few days. Like, holy shit, like our subconscious mind, these meta programs are literally um, self-sabotaging ourselves. And, and preventing us from getting what we want. People who yeah. are born poor, poor are going to be poor. People who are born rich, even if they're stupid as fuck, are probably <laughs> going to be rich just because yeah. that's the environment they grew up in. Yeah. I mean it's funny you bring that up too because I've been uh, doing a lot of work on myself and my subconscious over the past few years. And I've been reading this book uh, recently and it's called The Psychology of Man's Possible Evolution by uh, I think P – Something, something P. Uzbensky. But the whole idea behind the book is basically that 99% of people actually, they think that they have free will mm -hmm. and they think that they're consciously choosing their direction in life, but they're actually not. And so ultimately, the first step you have to take is just literally developing self-awareness because if you're not even aware that you're being run by your subconscious programs, you can't fix it, right? It's like if you're not aware that there's a problem, you can't even begin to fix it. And um, that's, you know, like what you're talking about, Mark, is developing meta-awareness, which is being aware of your own programming, right? And and one of the books that I've, I've plugged so many times, but I keep doing it because it really helped me, um, was Prometheus Rising. And in this book, the author lays out, Dr. Robert Anton Wilson lays out basically – basically eight different uh, circuits of the human brain, but really there's four that most people occupy. And he talks about how, you know, we each have these four circuits and we're programmed in different critical periods of our life. So the first one, we're programmed in that circuit, uh, you know, basically from the time that we're born up until right before we're a toddler. The second, we're programmed, you know, during our toddler years. And then the third, when we're, you know, around like seven or eight up until like, maybe 10, 11, 12, and then the fourth were programmed during puberty. And it's just, it was so uh, reality shattering to me to read this book because as, I, as you're reading it, you can literally look through your own life and see, holy shit, that explains why I'm not good with girls, that explains why I'm, I'm submissive in social situations, that explains why I'm always afraid or why I'm always courageous. Like it explains so many things, yeah. you know? And um, it's like one analogy that he gives is when you know soldiers are confronted with uh, an issue, and you know they have they there's someone that's wounded on the battlefield. The soldiers that often just run versus the soldiers that off you know just instinctively go and and grab them and save them. They each had two different circuit number one programmings, and that's why you know when you ask them like what was going through your head, or you know and and they're just like nothing. Like I just I just saw this guy and I had to save him or like nothing. I just, I ran, I don't know. It's like this, this instinct kicks in and that's, you know, your subconscious mind is always at work. There is, you know, and there's things you can do. You can do affirmations and subliminal messaging and, uh, you know, get a coach an NLP coach or coaching through Mark. I mean, there's, there's different things you can do, but you have to become aware of the problem like that. That's just so critical. And, and most people don't exercise that, which is why they often don't get any more success than their parents had, you know? 
there's this process in NLP that I do with my my students and <clears throat> our coach our coach does with us. It's called timeline process. Have you done this, John? Uh, describe it. I think I probably have. So you float above your timeline and you go back to the first time you ever felt this certain emotion. So yeah. let let's say you're working. I don't I don't think you've done it yet. You will with him. Uh, you guys are probably working on other stuff. Probably far more advanced than what I'm working on. But timeline process is is one of the things that we're working on. And I work on this extensively with my students where you float above your timeline and you go back to the first instance where you felt, for example, unworthiness. And what you do is you throw a blanket over. You don't have to know the first time you felt unworthiness. But what's really interesting is that it's almost always when you're an infant. It's almost always way the hell back in your timeline process to to way before you think it would be. Like you think, well, I probably felt unworthy in third grade. No, these things happen deep, deep, deep in your childhood. And I think all of us can feel when you cry, for example, when something hits you in the feels and you're, you're really getting emotional, it's almost like you're crying all the way back to when you were just a little kid. And yeah. there's all this emotion deep, deep within you and you feel it welling up and it's so powerful and you're like, man, where is this coming from? Well, I believe that there's a lot of trauma that's instilled in us because from the time from zero to seven, your brain is in theta. And theta is a hypnotic state of brain waves that happens when you're under hypnosis. So kids that are zero to seven are extremely impressionable. I dare say if you have a kid that's in your life that's between the ages of zero and seven, be very careful what you say to that child because they're extremely impressionable. And I have a little – my girlfriend's um, nephew, he's a little bit older. He's nine. But I'm always very careful what I say to him. And the other day he's like, I'm a little bit – I'm a little bit – I'm not going to say what it was because my girlfriend might be uncomfortable. But he's like, I'm a little bit X. And I said, nah, buddy, don't think that way. Say to yourself, I am a champion. Say it right now. He's like, I am a champion. I'm like, repeat that to yourself all the time. And he's like, okay. And I'm telling you, that little lesson that I gave him, you know, I'm not going to like pat myself on the back and say I saved his life, but I think it's going to make a big difference because bloody hell, I never fucking had that. I never had anything like that. (laughs) My dad died when I was 10. Like I said, my mom was super sweet, but she was always stressed out and worrying about me and really didn't give me those like life lessons, which I think is why I got so heavy into self-development is because I never had a father to to teach me these things. But when I have a kid, which is one of my goals, I, I really love to be a father, I'm going to be very careful what I tell that child. And it's all going to be positive, affirming things. I'm a money magnet. Say it. I'm a money magnet. I'm a girl magnet. You know, if it's a boy and he's he's a little bit older, I'll probably start teaching him how to game. Hell, wh- why wouldn't I do that? I want the little guy to get mm. laid. You know, but um, there's things inside you guys that that are that are softwares that were developed that aren't your fault, man. This just happened in your childhood, and we all went through it. So you need to take a you know a really aggressive standpoint and say, "Fuck this." Life is short, dude. You're going to be dead before you know it. So take take it in control. Take control of it and start reprogramming your thoughts. Those guys who get coaching with me, man, I have the utmost respect for those guys because they're fucking taking life by the balls. They're making the changes. And I dare say they get some pretty good results with my coaching because uh, the inner stuff is just so much, so powerful. You know, there's these cute little all these like techniques I use and you know I have a ton of them that you know I could give you guys but really it's the inner stuff that's the most powerful in my opinion yeah definitely because the outer always stems from the inner mm-hmm. i mean you know that's just that's just what it is i mean and so if there's not that inner 
change, you're really not changing much. You know, that's why, I mean, people that uh, become millionaires all of a sudden from the lottery or from whatever, like within a couple of years, they're broke again. Why is that? It's because they didn't have the inner shift that's required to, you know, manage money and, and live responsibly and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, you know? So yeah, I mean, it all, it all comes from inside the, the outer reality is created by the inner. Yeah. And period, that's why, you know? dude, like, you know, um, we spend a lot of money on coaches, um, a lot of money, you know, yeah, but dude, yeah. it's, it's so worth it. Cause literally, literally you'll do a session and this happens with my students, my, the students that I coach, you'll do a session and you'll feel like at the end of the session, you're a changed person because yeah. these processes, these neuro linguistic programming processes are so powerful. They literally change your software and you can't feel what you felt before. Like I would get, I've told the story a few times, but I would get anxious about getting blood drawn. I had this anxiety and we went through the process and then he's like, okay, I really want you to envision a needle going into your arm right now. How's that make you feel? And I was like, there's, it's fine. Like I don't feel any anxiety at all. And then the next week I went and gave blood and it was no problem. Absolutely no anxiety. Whereas before I was terrified to get blood drawn out because right after my dad died, I was held down by a nurse and had blood drawn out of me. I didn't know what the hell was happening. My dad just died. Uh, it was a really traumatic event. So, you know, when you deal with these things frontally and you go into the fear willingly with, with courage and, you know, um, optimism, then you come out the other side with the ability to handle it and you don't realize how much shit everything that you have almost was developed in your early childhood. So reprogram that brain, dude. So important. Yeah. I mean, I, um, but by the way, real quick, Mark, didn't you say you had something? I just don't want to run over time. I have a, I have a student at six and right now it's six twelve. but he's a champion and he agreed to move to seven. So we're good to oh, go. Oh, awesome. Okay, uh, cool, would cool. you mind talking though for about one minute? I got to take a piss. I got to piss like a racehorse. Yeah. If you do the same for me, I have to piss too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. All right. All right. Um, no, yeah, guys. I mean like, fuck, you know, I, I, every morning, after I wake up, I immediately I do this little morning routine where I have a gratitude journal where I'll write down three things that I'm thankful for, and then three things, three awesome things that I. It, so it's basically um it's like a pre-made journal you can buy on Amazon, and it's it'll you know have what are three things that you're grateful for, then I'll write them down, and then it has what are three things that you know if you did these today it would be an awesome day, and then I do that every morning, and then I say a ton of affirmations. And then I'll do something similar before I go to bed every night because right after you wake up and right before you go to bed, those are the times when your subconscious mind is primed to take in new information and new belief systems because, you know, when you're asleep, your mind goes into a lower, I think it's called a delta state where uh, it's, it's, you know, the, the brain frequencies are at a delta frequency, which is the lowest that you can go naturally. And it's also during that time you're the most susceptible to imprinting. And so, you know, right after you wake up, your mind is still kind of a little bit in that state. It's kind of shifting towards beta and alpha states, which is, you know, when you're waking. And, uh, you know, right before you go to bed, your mind is winding down and ready to go into this nice long period of delta frequencies. So, you know, I always uh, take that opportunity to re-imprint my conscious or, and, or really subconscious mind. But... As Mark and I have been saying, you know, you have to become aware of it. I mean, most people literally just recognize that by the fact that you're even aware that there's a problem, you're already ahead of 99% of people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, back, by the way. Okay.
like most people literally don't – they go their entire lives not being fucking aware that there is a problem. You know, and, and that's why in some ways like suffering and going through shitty experiences is a gift because it makes you realize that there's a problem. You know, you're like, fuck, I don't want to live my life this way. What can I do to change it? And then that sort of sparks this snowball effect where you start, you know, if you go the whole the whole way, if you run the extra mile, you apply it to all areas of your life, you know, and that's why Mark and I are both like, okay, you know, how can I optimize my health? How can I optimize my situation with women? How can I optimize my relationships with other people, not just women, but with my friends? How can I optimize my financial situation? Like you want to have everything on point, you know, and um, that all stems from your mind, you know, it's, and it's, it's sort of a complex thing because it's like your external reality influences your internal reality, but at the same time, your internal reality affects your external reality. So, you know, like Mark, you've sent me pictures of your office and you have like a shrine with like stacks of, you know, hundred dollar bills to remind you that like there's abundance, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm gonna actually do that pretty soon. I should, fuck it, I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna go to Amazon and, and uh, order like a little statue of Buddha or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you can you talk? I'm about to go go piss 15 gallons real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, what I have, what he's referring, it's funny because we he sent me a picture of his new office. He just moved, and he sends me a picture of his desk. And on the desk is a mouse pad, and that's the exact same mouse pad that I have. And we've I only just met this dude like eight months ago. Um, since he's not listening, I'll tell you a little secret. I hit him up. Um, very, very under the radar because I wanted to partner with him. And uh, he actually doesn't know how I staged our meeting, but it was very, very intelligent. And this will remain our little secret. Let's see if this guy actually listens to the podcast. Hey, Joe. I'm sorry. Hey, John. If you actually listen to this podcast, hit me up if you hear this because um, I totally staged our meeting. So little secret there. Um, but... I wanted to meet him, so I hit him up, and it's weird how when you meet somebody who you are energetically connected to, how many similarities there are between him and you. Like a lot of the times when we start this podcast, we won't even know what we're talking about, and we can just kind of like freestyle off of each other because while we grew up in totally different sides of the country, we've had many of the same experiences, and especially when it comes to women, there's just fundamental truths that are consistent across the board. He's over there on the East Coast. I grew up in California. I'm now in Colorado. But it's like no matter where you are, even in the world, like when I lived in Japan, you know, all the all the techniques and stuff, they still apply. So it's really interesting how we can just kind of freestyle off of each other and we can, you know, um, we can always relate on that level because we've had the same experiences. So he sends me a picture and I'm like, dude, you have the same mouse pad as I do. And I sent him a picture of my mouse pad, which is the Buddha, and it says balance on it. And then behind it was a shrine with $100 bills all wrapped up. And the reason why I have that on my desk is to is because money attracts itself. It's like when you have a bunch of money, it wants to be with more of itself. It wants to be more with the same kind. And so I have like um, things of money all around. I have a drawer in my kitchen that's full of $100 bills. I have stacks of money. That just happened to be in front of a Buddha because um, I like the Buddha on my desk to to symbolize, you know, attracting more money into your life. So yeah. it, it, I was telling him about the mouse pad. Yeah. Remember that? How we yeah, had yeah, yeah. The same mouse yeah. pad. That was really it's random. Deep. But I was telling him how um, 
you know, when you put that energy out there, you're going to attract people who are just like you. Now, what's really interesting is it's really difficult to meet people who are into the self-development thing. And you'll meet some people who are good with money. You'll meet some dudes at the gym who are ripped. You'll meet some dudes who are good with chicks. But it's hard to meet somebody who is like trying to hit all facets of their life. Money, women, you know, um, health, career, spirituality. And so when I met when I met John, it was one of those things where I was like, holy fuck, dude, like this is one of the few people like I'm talking really few. You actually yeah. um, the listener people are listening right now are probably on the level because, you know, they've been listening for an hour and seven minutes. But it, it's really difficult to meet people who are doing that because it's tough because it takes discipline because it takes fucking courage to go into your fear and to go after things that hey you might fail hey you may may not make it hey it hurts it's physically debilitating but out the other side um comes so much fulfillment and satisfaction it, it's all worth it in the end for sure dude i'm actually looking at uh statues right now and so i want to uh, i want to talk about something real quick so anytime you make a decision guys you should always take an action towards that goal of that decision immediately because you know other people a lot of the time what they'll do is they'll just say oh yeah you know i'm gonna lose weight but then they'll never actually do something and they'll just say yeah i'll do it tomorrow but they never do so like right now for example i'm you know i want to make that decision to get that fucking statue so i'm actually looking and i'm gonna buy one right now um, it's funny that, that like. it's funny that you're ordering you're ordering a buddha statue you should just just go to the bank dude. and get tons of hundreds dude and wrap them uh, I'm gonna do that in the shape of a Buddha. <laughs> um, dude, there's one, I want to get one of like a, so I see one. There's one of like a dude that's pretty sick. A Viking warrior going to battle on his horse. He's got like a cape and shit. There's one of like King Leonidas. I want to get one of like a warrior and then one of like Buddha to like represent like the both aspects of of like a man man's nature. You know, bro, how ironic is that, right? Because th- that's my tattoos. Yeah, dude, I know. Because I got um. Crazy- crazy coincidences yeah i got apollo the the um he's the archer apollo far striker so he was thought to be the protector of sparta and i have him on my forearm and then below him i have a spartan warrior so that to me kind of represents like the warrior side of my personality the masculine side and then on the inside of my arm i'm actually did i tell you john i'm actually uh flying to california next week to go get my tattoo no you didn't oh yeah super pumped so i'm getting um a buddha i found a really cool cool buddha statue i'm gonna get that and i'm gonna get 11 11 um on the lower half of my wrist just below it because like we talked about um when i see the number 11 11 it's like spirit talking to me saying i'm on purpose so the inside of my arm is going to be all like kind of like spiritual shit and then the outside of my arm is all going to be warrior stuff because like you just said that dichotomy so again it it surprised me that you just said that because that's totally what I was going to get. And once again, the serendipitous events that happened between us, you just saying that I was like, dude, exactly. You need a yeah, warrior dude. and you need spiritual because that's as men, I feel like that's like two sides of our personality as go-getters, as men. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like the element of that aggressive masculine. And then there's like the, uh, like sort of, I don't know if I, I want to say feminine masculine, but like, you know, yeah, like the, the yeah. masculine and feminine energies is, is in all of us. It's like the peaceful warrior. And then when yeah. I when I show it to girls, I'm going to be like like show them the Buddha and be like, "See, I'm approachable, but don't fuck with me." <laughs> As you rotate your arm, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Don't fuck with yeah. me, but approachable. 
Have you have you noticed more girls getting uh, attracted to you with your tattoos? Because I did when I first got mine. Yeah, I do. It, it's a it's definitely a nineteen percent increase in attraction. But again, yeah. it's it they don't. So to to my surprise, some of them will come up to me and like approach me with it. But most of the times, it's a conversational thing. They'll talk about once I'm already talking to them. So like yeah. the gro the grocery because it's new and it is really well done. I mean, it was it was twelve hundred bucks. So it's like it's it's re- like the shading. It's just it's just a fucking sick tattoo from a really skilled artist. So I'll get like a lot of compliments on it. But to my surprise, you don't get a lot of cold approaches based mm. on the tattoo itself. You get people who you're already talking to, like the the cashier at the grocery store. You know, the people at the gym and shit like that will come up to me. But um, if you guys are thinking about getting a tattoo, do it for yourself. Don't do it to just get girls. But it does help. And dude, invest. Like I found the absolute best tattoo artist I could possibly find, um, probably one of the best in the country. And like I said, I'm in Colorado, but I fly out to California because that's where the black, best black and gray artists are. Did you know this? Um, black and gray is like portraits and like they'll do like um, really good shadowing. The best black and gray artists are out in California because black and gray started in the penal system um, out in California. Oh, that's interesting. That's so pretty cool. My dude was actually um, he did a little bit of time and he got really good at black and gray and he just like bro like he'll take a picture a picture of you and he'll tattoo it on my ass and it'll look exactly <laughs> like you. It looks like it's screen printed on there. Damn, and that's crazy. So when he did the Apollo, you know, the Apollo statue, it just I get a lot of compliments on it because it's fucking just dope as shit. So I picked out a really cool Buddha statue that I think is going to look dope and then Again, the eleven eleven. So really excited for that. Nice. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm, st- I'm trying to find some like really good statues because I have a giant ass desk. I know, dude. I your a, shit looks so yeah. plain. I know, dude. I, I have a my uh, double monitor set up, but I need to add some like some more shit. Good for watching porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> too bad I don't watch porn that much, <laughs> except when I'm about to go to the gym. Yeah. I need some motivation. Cool, man. Well, listen, it's been an hour and 13 minutes of us just fucking talking, so yeah. I think we should wrap um, it yeah. up. Should we do our yeah. plugs? Yeah, yeah. You can go first. All right. I have a I have a program called The Approach Formula. You can grab that at gettheapproachformula.com. It teaches you the step-by-step system to approach a woman, engage her in conversation, make her laugh, mm. and walk away with her phone number. One of the lines in there is as follows. You, you go, you're talking to a girl and you say, hey, do you like to travel? And she says, yes. And then you push her away and you say, travel over there. She's <laughs> like, fuck That's you. That's pretty good. It's really good. They love it. So anyway, you can grab that at gettheapproachformula.com. And it's usually 33 bucks. But since you're listening to the podcast, I specifically bought that URL. So you can get it for just 10 measly dollars i went to burger king the other day and i got a whopper with cheese with some fries that was 10 bucks 10 dollars even and so it's that's as much as you're gonna spend on lunch tomorrow to learn how to get girls and approach them and walk away with their phone number pretty worth it if you ask me i also do one-on-one coaching which i thoroughly enjoy and i dare say i'm pretty good at my students are getting some excellent progress you can do that at marksingcoaching.com john why don't you tell them about your three products yeah, so I have first off seven strategies, which is my best selling product. It is an ebook package that actually comes with five separate bonuses. Four ebooks come free in this package of bonuses. And lastly, there is uh, it comes with a 
access to our Facebook group where I will personally answer your questions and you'll be surrounded by alpha males that are on the same path as you. Uh, seven Strategies basically was created as a way to make seven effective and easily implementable strategies into your life that you can start doing right now that will make you more masculine, more assertive, more aggressive, more dominant, and just have more of a masculine polarity that will draw women into you and into your life like it's nothing. Um, you can get that in the link down below. There's going to be links down below for all the stuff we've mentioned. Second is Body of an Alpha, which you guys uh, know because we've talked about that before in this podcast. Body of an Alpha is basically my definitive guide to building a shredded, lean physique that will make women desperately want to fuck you. Um, it is the easiest way to get them to approach you, to lift up your shirt, like Mark said, to fucking touch your arms, etc. Uh, it is a great workout. I cover, you know, obviously I give you my personal workout that I still use to this day. Uh, I give you advice on health and fitness, nutrition. It, it's basically everything you need to know to get a crazy shredded physique. I talk about my experience in the black market supplements online. Uh, in my my bonus ebook that comes with it called Alpha Supplements, the No Bullshit Guide to Supplements by John Anthony. Um, and I yeah, I have tons of free shit that comes with it. Check it out. Link down below. And lastly is Bitcoin Millionaire, which is basically my uh, largest product to date. It's got 10 video modules, over 11 hours of videos where I talk about my investing strategies and the exact strategy that I use to make over six figures uh, each year by trading cryptocurrencies and investing in mining contracts, etc., etc. Um, I actually have this group going where I actually tell you exactly what I'm buying and when I'm selling it. So you can literally just follow along and do exactly as I'm doing. And unfortunately, it is not open. I closed it off because I don't like to have too many students in there because it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. But if you want to maybe send me an email every now and then, um, you know, check out the sales page. Maybe I'll open it up every now and then. Um, you know, just keep an eye on it. I open it up sometimes if I have to kick someone out or if I decide I want to let more students in. So check out all that different shit. It's in the links down below. And yeah, do you want to add anything, Mark? I do. So you guys listen to to our fucking annoying voices for an hour and 17 minutes. <laughs> so what are you going to do? What are you going to do with this information that you just got? Are you going to actually take action, stop masturbating, go to the gym, um, start working on your meta programming that were that were embedded since you were zero to seven years old. What are you going to do with it? Because listening to a podcast and just being like, oh, that was cool. That was entertaining. There's no sense in that. You're going to get almost nothing from it. So take action, like actually do something, you know, whatever it is, take one step forward. And we love hearing about your progress. So leave us comments, leave us questions. And if you ever want to learn about anything in the future that you think we can help you with, please request stuff from us. Like we want to learn about XYZ. I want to hear a podcast about this, that, and the other, because many times John and I don't even know what we're going to talk about until we start talking. <laughs> and today yeah. we were so lost about what we were going to talk about. We're like, well, let's just talk and just see what happens with it, which I thought, <laughs> I thought went pretty well. That was pretty fun. But if yeah. you guys want to learn anything at all, uh, please request that from us. You're obviously super into self-development. You obviously really want to push forward in your life and make yourself better. So let us know how we can help you. But also, please, man, take action. Take action. Go into the pain. Go into the pain willingly because out the other side um, comes a lot more joy and it's momentum. Once you go into something, even just like not masturbating for a week, try that out. You're going to get momentum and you're going to want to go to the gym and then you're going to want to eat better and then you're going to want to learn game and your life is just going to get better 
and better and better because ultimately that's what you want, isn't it? You want a good life. You want a life that you can be proud of when you reach the end of it and you want to be a champion and we're here to help you do that. So let us help you. But the only way we can help you is if you take action. So please take action. Fuck yeah, take action, get in touch with us. Uh, I love getting emails from my students. I spend at least 30 minutes a day answering my emails. Check out our products if you want, subscribe to the blogs, and as always, we will see you guys next time. Thanks, guys.